Biggie Stomp What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here, as always, with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, and the man I'm interviewing today, Travis. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiend? It's an honor to be back, and it's an honor to be interviewed by the one and only Dick Chuck today. Uh, oh, yeah. We, uh, when this episode drops, I will be with my wife's family out on the Cape, uh, hopefully sitting on the beach somewhere and enjoying some waves and some R&R. So we thought this would be a good time to kind of pick my brain and tell you my story. Hell yeah, you guys got to hear about me um, a couple weeks back, and then you got to hear about some actual interesting people <laughs> in between, and now you get to hear about Travis. Yeah, so this should be interesting, but before we get there, we should probably just do a quick little recap of how was that show last night? Dude, it's so sick. Um, we caught the last like two songs of Neck Deep. Um, bumped into a bunch of friends. Like shout out to the SJC homies. Shout out to Jared. Uh, at the end of the show, we saw Tom C. Um, but it was great. Uh, Lil Wayne completely blew me away. Really? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> he was so fucking good. I've been to a lot of rap shows, and only like three of them have been something that I've like you know, wanting to go see it again. Sure. And that's not true. There's been a couple, but not a lot. Less than... Yeah. Less than 10. And okay. I've been to a lot. I've, or I've seen a lot. Sure. Um, Lil Wayne is somebody I would definitely go see again. I, to me, it was perfect because he was opening for somebody that I really wanted to see. So it was perfect where it was like, oh, even if this sucks, like I'm not going to leave. Right. We were wildly close. Like Naomi, like Naomi said, we were so close you could actually smell his blunt. He smokes... Uh, about 80% of his set. It's kind of insane. I don't know how the hell he does it and then still raps and doesn't get like the raspiest throat ever. Fucking gangster. It was, I, it was so good. Like he had a full band, a DJ, um, his drummer was sick as fuck. His stage setup was incredible. Pyro, uh, like just a, a true showman. Okay. For somebody who, like I had a chance to see him like 10 plus years ago. Okay. Actually, it was more than that. Because I I was, yeah, maybe it was like 10 years ago. Um, him and Jay-Z were playing a show in Boston. It was like one of those like, Jam 94, 5, Monster Jam things. Everybody on that bill sucked. The only person I wanted to see was Jay-Z. Oh, oh, oh. And Lil, it was like him and Lil Wayne co-headlining. And I was like, that'd be cool. Because Lil Wayne was like on top of the fucking world at that point. <clears throat> so I was pumped about it. And then he refused to go through security so they wouldn't let him go upstairs and play, which worked out great because Jay-Z played longer, which is, I mean, that's my fucking dude. That's, that's what you wanted. Anyway. That's my absolute dude. Um, so I was very happy to actually be able to see him. And he was, I'm glad I saw him now. He's a little more of a showman, at least from things I've heard in the past. Um, and he, he absolutely killed it. It was fucking incredible. How was concert Naomi? Did she get her Cosmo Naomi was great. She's like bopping all around, rapping. She knows way more words to Lil Wayne songs than anybody I know. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Shout out Naomi. She f- fucking killed it. And she was like, 
and Blink was awesome. She had a lot of fun during Blink, which I knew she would. Right. But I knew that like her her thing was gonna be Lil Wayne, and uh, but even during Blink, like she was bopping around, having a great time. It. She's my favorite person to go to shows with. Did Travis go upside down? I mean, that's a oh. good thing. Just to that point, that's that's good that you picked her. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I mean, which I realized that like early on in our dating life, we went to Boston Calling, um, which was a very long weekend of mixed weather and a lot of elements were could have changed a lot of things sure and she was a fucking the best person ride or die chick yeah she, it's, that's how i describe my wife yeah. she's my ride or die i think chick. i actually wrote is it okay it, there's an instagram post i did from that festival it might have been like one of the first ones i actually like took a picture of her like with me um and i think i wrote is it okay if i say ride or die so it's funny you say that. That's I'll, what's I'll, up. I'll find it and show you later. But that's I'm pretty too sure fucking awesome. But um, but yeah, yeah. Travis went upside down. Drum solo was fucking sick. It was great hearing Enema in its entirety. Um, they played a couple of new songs at the for like the, during the encore, which I like them. They're catchy. Going into it as like an adult and knowing like you're not gonna get. I don't even. I don't want them to make. They've old Blink it. songs yeah. Like, yeah they've already been done I can listen to those anytime I want exactly I want them to do new stuff and I want them to still be a band that plays big shows I don't want to I mean I'd love to see them at the Palladium but like I don't want to see them drop that far you know what I mean like I want because they're too good live yeah especially now back in the day I've I didn't see them when I was a lot younger so I don't know how bad they were I've read but I didn't miss a lot. It's just, it's hard to command a huge room as three dudes. But they kill it. Yeah. Oh, fuck like, yeah. I've seen them. They're it, fantastic. It's awesome. Like, Travis, so the Dirty Anima, he played right at the front of the stage. His drums were literally at the front of the stage. And then during the, after the, the big drum solo and stuff, he was up high in the back, like kind of where you'd think. Matt Skiba is a drastically better singer than Tom. He really is. So his voice was perfect, especially for like that second half. After Enema, Enema is so ingrained in me that like hearing somebody else sing Tom's parts is very it awkward. That's a little weird. I yeah. so some of the, the snaps you were, or the Instagram stories you were putting up, it just sounded a little weird. It it was. It was it was weird, but it was still very, very good. Um but the new songs went over I actually have a whole new appreciation for like some of their newer singles. Because they played two of them. They played one off the last record and then one of the like the brand new songs. Okay. And Kids went nuts. Yeah? I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be awkward. It was like, like they stopped singing and the whole fucking place was singing. Is it the Up All Night song? Uh, no, it's like newer than that. It's, um, what the hell did they play? They played, uh, they have a new song called Happy Days and they didn't play that, which is good. I don't know how okay. I feel about that. Um, Blame It On My Youth. I don't know if I know that. Which at first I didn't like. I like, I like it for what it is. It's a great pop song, which is, fine with me i love pop music but it's not it's a little awkward for people to like hear blink doing something like that i personally like things like that so i like it a little bit sure hearing it live i have a whole new appreciation for that song yeah it was fucking awesome that's it was they they, they they're on to some shit it's it's cool and skiba's voice is i mean he wrote the songs he sings it you are you're you're ready for that his voice literally soars on those songs it's incredible so go see Blink because they're fucking literally better than they've ever been. And I'm the biggest Tom DeLonge fan on the planet. So. Are you a big Tom DeLonge fan? I fucking absolutely. Did you ever see Angels and Airwaves? I saw Angels and Airwaves once at the Palladium and it was okay. It was very much okay. 
Yeah. I saw him down at the Webster and he spent a lot, a lot, a large part of the show just standing at the front with his hand out, just going, oh, 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 yeah. like doing his sound effects. It's awkward. It, that's I love my the least, concept for it. I do too. It's my least favorite of like any Blink offshoot project. Um, I was had this very nerdy conversation with Naomi on the way home about how perfect I think Boxcar Racer's one record is. I was about to say, Boxcar Racer was fantastic. It's, that's the best, literally the best recorded drums Travis has ever played, ever, ever. Uh, the best songwriting Tom's ever done. It's awesome, it's dark, it's, that fucking record is beautiful. The next best thing, which is like very close 1A, would be the untitled, or the self-titled Blink record. Where, with like, feeling this, and stuff like that, you can tell like, what they took from Boxcar and put it into that record. That's the best Blink room, Blink-182 record ever. Uh, so that is my favorite Blink-182 record. Yeah, I like that more than perfect. I, I I do too, I love, I love Anima, but I love Anima because it like introduced me to- And it hit you at that time. It's the same reason I like yeah. Green Day Dookie. Exactly. Like that hit at that pivotal moment in my life where I just discovered punk music. Yeah, no and doubt. Grand, this is like, yeah, the Kmart of punk music. Hey. No, Green Blink. Day. Oh, great. dude, Green Day. That's my fucking band though. Is it? Yeah. Did you stick with them all the way through American Idiot and then some? American Idiot's fucking phenomenal record. Uh, Go back and listen to it now. It's one of the best rock and roll records of the last 20 years. It's literally amazing. It's I will I will go back incredible. and listen with it fresh ears, but it's incredible. Like I, fuck Boulevard of Broken Dreams, that song still sucks, but it always has. But every other song on that record is unbelievably good. After that, they're not very good. A lot of their stuff sucks. There's like two good songs, and that's kind of it. But before that, yeah, one of my favorite records ever is Warning. So my favorite um, record by them is Insomniac. Like, uh, I love yeah. the Insomniac album. That's one of my cover to cover rivers. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And so, I love the art. It was like, yeah, just so like piecemeal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We could do an entire podcast about Blink-22 and I could talk for a fucking hour or so. And Green Day. Yeah. We can do that sometime. Okay. If you want it, leave a comment that says, uh, Ricky, yes more, please. Yeah. Let us know what records you want us to discuss. <laughs> uh, I got a buddy out in Rhode Island that does like deep dives on punk albums. We should have him on. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll be hitting you up, Eric. I don't know if Eric ever listens to this show, but I will. You, you never know. Uh, so yeah, my week was chill. Uh, I've been working. I've been doing city projects. And today we were recording kind of quickly because in like two and a half hours, we're going to the great groundbreaking Polar Park. It's true. Yeah, so you now you know when we recorded this episode, long before it was released. Oh yes. So that way if we, you know, get arrested or something at the groundbreaking, uh, this is our last moments as, as free men. Yeah, I don't know what the hell we'd do to get arrested, but we can come up with something. I don't know. Anything I'm running off with one of the golden shovels. <laughs> Imagine if they let us like hold one. Holy shit. <laughs> On no fucking planet will they, but it would be very funny if they were like, here you go. <laughs> it might. That was so sick. Uh, would be sick. Yeah, uh, if you guys have any, any other like huge city project or city events that you think that we should be at just to be at, please let us know. Yeah, really, Which, what, what are we missing? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so should be fun today. We were asked to show up and rip a seltzer time, which is super interesting. We will, we have them. Yeah, we have them in tow. Oh yes. So yeah, uh, that's, um, that's all any, I got. Any shout outs you got? I got a couple if you don't. Okay, dig away. So uh, don't forget July 20th, Worcester on the Moon. 
very excited about that. Good shout out. Thank you, thank you. Um, had a, I've actually had a lot of conversations about that recently. Really? Yeah, well, so like on the, must be like the Discovery Channel or something, they're doing a huge, it's like a week long thing about since it's the 50th anniversary of moon landing. So that every night uh, there's like a bunch of different like Lance Armstrong documentaries and just all kinds of space stuff. Okay. So I'm talking to my dad a lot about it. And then um, just random people who I've seen, you know, throughout the dive and people who didn't know that this was going to be an event. Also kind of like with it being, you know, the 50th anniversary and it's kind of everywhere that like, this is a big deal. A lot of people had no idea there was a, an event going on on the common. I'm like, yo, it's all fucking day. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, starts on the common, branches out to different yeah. parts Shut of the up. city. Redemption Rock. Show up at Redemption Rock because they're doing Space Jam night. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. I was talking to Danny about that last, well, last week when we were there, so. Yeah, um, so yeah, so July 20th, don't forget, Western on the Moon, of course, we'll be posting about it more, but. Yeah. Mark your calendars. There's gonna be suits out. In the, yeah, you just listen to the Lauren episode and you'll learn all about it if you missed that one. For real, it's gonna be sick. Um, also, <laughs> shout out Root and Press. I don't know, have you been to Root and Press yet? I still have not made it over Dude, there. it's so sick. It's on like the west side of Worcester. It's uh, kinda just past Worcester State on the right. Um, everything about it is awesome. The people are, they couldn't be any nicer. It's, I've mentioned it for sure before on the podcast, but when we recorded with Anna the other day, we left here and I was like, I'm fucking starving. So I drove all the way there from, which I live pretty close to here. Sure. And I was like, ah, nah, I like really need something to eat. So I drove there, walked in, I had no idea what I was gonna get. They like changed their menu over, I think every couple weeks. Okay. They had a pulled pork, uh, flatbread. Ooh. So I was like, I'm gonna get that. I burnt my mouth on it, <laughs> but it was worth every little tiny annoyance on front of your mouth. It was so fucking good. Yeah. I've not been there like three or four times. And I mean, the coffee's great. The food's incredible. The vibe of the place is awesome. It's like a little adorable bookstore with like a couple spots to sit, but it's just like such a cool, like away from downtown, thing in Worcester. Yeah. It's, I really, 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 really can't say enough things about it. It's incredible. All right, all right. I gotta get myself to Tatnik. Do it up. And go check it out. It's sick. That's it, that's all I got for shout outs. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have, I got nothing. Cool. You wanna, uh, wanna start? I didn't here? prepare for this episode. All so right. like, yeah, I don't have notes. I actually don't even have a Stoke and Poke now that I'm thinking about really? it. Really? I actually do. This is weird. I'm never This prepared. is so flipped. All right. <laughs> this is what happens when I woke up this morning and I was like, I have an idea. <laughs> and I was thinking about it a lot today, like what my Stokes and Pokes are. My Stoke was wildly easy. It always is. This one was very, very easy. My Poke took me a second to think about. And then once I, it kind of falls back onto how, you'll see. It's like the away from downtown aspect of Worcester. Okay. I'm gonna be thinking about my uh, Stoke and Poke while we're answering. I'm gonna play the Ricky card. Yeah. Oh, yo, also shout out Crash Bay Shop. I went across yesterday and today. I've been going across a lot, but I just, I fucking love Crest. I, they, they do well. I mean, everything I've eaten there is delicious. Yeah, I've been eating, so I'm like trying to not eat like, like I was in the past. I'm trying to eat a little healthier. Um, I haven't had time to do that this week at all or last. It's been a couple weeks, but um, yeah, I've eaten a lot of bagels and their everything bagel cream cheese is wildly delicious. Did I tell you I went down to Birch Street and asked for a bagel? 
Yeah, they don't have them, right? Yeah, but I literally asked the woman, hey, can I get one of those bagels that you guys won the award for? She's like, we don't have bagels. That's awesome. I love them. I'm gonna uh, go in there next week. I'm actually very excited. I haven't been there in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been like uh, my, I don't know, everybody I'm meeting has decided that that's the spot they want to meet. I, I have a meeting there too, so. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, there's plenty of table space. It's perfect, yeah. The vibe's great, it's good for, it's a good like working environment. Um, yeah, I fucking, I love Street a lot. Oh, but crust. Crust has been sending over those like croissant dough and sugar things. Oh, the Queen of Mon. Queen of Mon. They've been sending those over to Redemption Rock. Yeah. Holy hell. It's, I had one of those with the atomic coffee. Yeah. Lost my damn mind. It's kind of wild. Yeah. I just remembered that I have. Okay, keep going. But yeah. Uh, I think I'm getting coffee from there tomorrow. I have a lot of things to do. I have a meeting tomorrow afternoon, not at Birch Tree, surprisingly. Uh, I have a lot of things to get done at my place before, so I might just walk down and grab a coffee from there. Pretty Sick. Quick. I will be packing and getting ready to go to the Cape. Nice. Yeah. What part of the Cape? Uh, I think we're going to be in Harwich. Normally we go to Dennisport. Huh. Uh, Sarah's family has like friends that have a house out there, but they sold it and they're building a new house or they just bought a house and they're remodeling. Anyway, we rented a house out in Harwich. Oh, it's yeah. her parents, her brother, and her aunt and uncle. Nice. Should be chill. Nice. I saw Sarah and Jake are at the Cape. They're, yeah. they're hanging out uh, where I grew up going to the Cape in Chatham. My, my, I have a lot of family that lives in Chatham. Oh, Jake. really? I don't know, they're all kind of spread out now. But sure. Growing up, that's where we were. Every, I mean, I used to like work down there in the summers and stuff. No, I was there all the fucking time. Really? All the time. I've always wanted to, so like growing up, I thought it would be so rad to work at a beach town for a summer and like live that life. It, so like I didn't get to work on the beach, which would have been dope. When I was a little kid, I honestly thought I was going to move to Chatham because when you're a little kid, you only go in the summer. It's awesome. Oh, it's, yeah, it's vacation land. Yeah. And I was like, there's a skate park up the street from my aunt's house. I'll stay there. be tight. I'm working because I was like killing it. Like my... Like, uncle's ex-wife worked at this real estate, real estate agency that would just like kind of like rent you summer homes all summer. So there's this group of people that would go in and clean them when other people would leave. So of course, I'm like 14 going in. I'm just like vacuuming. I'm not doing anything like really, but like you become friends with the people. A lot of the people are even like people who live there all summer. So you see the same people, they start like tipping you out. Cause I'm like the little kid yeah. hanging out with a bunch of like older people who are working. I used to make so much money doing nothing. And I'd get like, one guy gave me a skateboard. Like, dude, it was sick as fuck. And also you get to keep anything you find, like like food wise. Oh. If these families leave like, and they leave like cases of beer that were unopened, like all, I mean, I couldn't drink any of it, but like anything that was left over, you can take. So you throw away like, you know. Open bags of chips. But- and yeah, anything open you toss out. But it's the Cape, so people just go down there and like throw money around like it's no big deal. So there was just like cases of soda, beer, and anything you can think of. It was nuts. That sounds dope. It was the best, yeah. I haven't been in years, but yeah. So Sarah and Jake are there, Strader and Krista are down there now. The whole fucking world's in the Cape, except for me. Sorry, homie. Sorry, right, I do enough. Woo. <laughs> I do enough. You went to like, fucking Norway. Like, yeah, Let I'm, me have I'm this. all over the place. I don't need to go to the Cape. <laughs> I'll go. But. I'd rather go to Norway. It was tight. All right, you want to- uh, What wanna, you got for me, homeboy? All right, let's start from the beginning, Travis. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Watertown, Connecticut, which is right next to Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, it was the dirty water before I realized that Boston called themselves dirty water. Okay. Like all of us shitty towny kids called it dirty water without really realizing. <laughs> uh, Waterbury's chill. It's kind of like Worcester in a way. Yeah. Uh, brass mill capital of the world. 
Really? Yeah. So during World War II, that's like where a lot of the brass factories were. Huh. And that's why our mall is called the Brass Mill Center. Yeah. That's yeah. so sick. Yeah. It was it was cool. Mom and dad, uh, brother and sister. Oh yeah. Nice. So you are what, like two-ish hours from Worcester? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, driving home is like two, two twenty, depending on what time of year it is. Yeah. Uh yeah, just on the eighty four corridor. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I'm, part, I'm on the, I'm, yeah, I'm the part of 84 where it always jams up right there. Like you see the clock tower. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, my dad used to make a joke where, so there's in Waterbury, there's Holy Land. Okay. And as you're driving down 84, you'll see a cross up on the hill and it's illuminated. And, uh, when I was growing up, it actually had huge letters. Yeah. You're worth it from Table I Talk. Just, uh- <laughs> yeah, same. I got the message like, thanks, Table Talk. That's like the nicest thing ever. Yeah. Big Shout table out Table Talk, talk Twitter. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had this Holy Land, which was like a like a religious theme park. It was okay. weird. Yeah, Google it. I can't do it justice. But to this day, there's an illuminated cross. And my dad says it's to remind you to thank Jesus that you made it out of Waterbury Alive. <laughs> Not fantastic. serious, but maybe a little. That's fantastic. Hell yeah. So what did you do growing up? Like what was the, what were your interests? What were you into? So I was hockey playing. I was playing hockey playing. I was playing hockey. Uh, <laughs> what do you, table talk? Yeah, right? <laughs> Shit, that's what happened. She got in my brain. I'm assuming it's a shit. Uh, so like growing up, uh, I got into hockey because my dad's friend, Bill, had a son that I kind of like met at a pivotal point in my life and he was playing hockey and I'm like, man, I like hockey. Yeah. And uh, cool thing about my dad's friend, Bill, is Bill worked for the Whalers. He worked in the marketing office of the Whalers. So okay. like growing up, my name would find its way onto like, if there was an open spot for, so like there was one day where Coca-Cola sponsored a practice camp with the Whalers and it was a bunch of kids one on to go skate with the Whalers when my name found it on. So I got to go down to Avon Old Farms and skate with a bunch of the Whalers, take a shot on Sean Burke. Like that's so get sick. Get a high fry from Jeff Sanderson. It was fucking dope. Yeah, super, super dope. And then every year they would do this fan appreciation thing where, um, they basically just have like a, a skills competition or like a, a hangout practice session. Um, and then all the players would set up at tables all the way around the rink. And you would just go from table to table with these like oversized playing cards and get signatures. That's- so met all the players. Zarly Zalapsky gave me a stick. So yeah, I played hockey for like the longest time. That's awesome. Um, then like seventh, eighth grade, something was going weird in my leg and it just started like hurting and it actually affected the way I walked. I walked funny for a little while. Really? And like my people didn't know what it was. And like, I, we got it looked at, I ended up getting it worked on by some like, shit, I forgot what sports team he was the doctor for. It was the doctor for some NFL sports team. We didn't know that when we went there, he was just like highly regarded and suggested. Long story short, the bone in my left hip twisted and was slipping out of the socket due to a small growth plate. Oh. And they had to go in and set a screw so that it wouldn't, it was hereditary, but I, I made it a little worse with hockey. Yeah. And then right around this time, I was also trying to play football. And looking back, football would have been my jam. I think I would have been better at football than I was at hockey, but that's neither here nor there. So after that, no contact sports. So yeah. this point in my life, I uh, probably like, what, 15? Is that what time? How old you were in eighth grade? 14, 15? Probably, yeah, probably right around there. Uh, no more sports. Don't really know what else to do. I like dip hard into nerd culture. Okay. I started playing like Magic the Gathering. I got it really fat. Uh, I started LARPing. What do you know what LARP? LARPing? Live oh, live action, action role playing. Yeah. 
So I'm like, I was just watching. Uh, oh man, I was watching like. Is it not Big Brother? Uh, oh no, it's uh, role models. Role models. But I was just watching. Oh. Um, it must have been. I think it was Family Guy. Is it Family Guy or like American Dad? But there was like a a, a LARPing segment, and I was like, I forgot that was a thing. I because I actually didn't even know it was a thing until Role Models came out. It's so it's still a thing. Really? Um, yeah. So all the nerd shit aside, yeah, you're playing as an elf and you're doing all the nerdy shit. You are beating the ever loving piss out of people with a PVC pipe wrapped in pipe foam and duct tape. There That's is terrible. a certain level of just getting that aggression out that is unlike any other activity. You were playing hockey before, you get to get that. Exactly. I had fat kid nerd rage that needed to get out of me. Hell yeah. Um, and then like sophomore year of high school, I don't know, something clicked. Like I was doing everything wrong. I was this big heavyweight kid. Like I was kind of, I was the weird kid. I was always like the kid that wore a lot of black. I didn't feel like I had a sense of humor, so I wore all my humor on my shirts. Like, okay. can't sleep, clowns will eat me, or like. I know a lot of those kids. <laughs> my favorite shirt that I ever got, I bought from Spencer's, and it said, I learned from lesbians. I think you talked about those yeah, before. Yeah, I didn't really know what it meant, but yeah. it got a lot of a response. That's fantastic. So yeah, um, somewhere in sophomore year, I met these other kids that were doing robotics. Um, so they this first, for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. And it's a basically a competition between robots. And every year they change the game. You have to make you have six weeks to make a robot. Fucking pumped on it. And like it was all these kids that I was really into, smart kids, interesting kids. And then those same dudes were also into music. Okay. So at that point we started our rap rock band. <laughs> yeah, dude. What was the inspiration for rap rap rock band? Factory eighty one and like Reveille. Like this is Shout out Reveille. Yeah, this is like two thousand one, two thousand two. Oh yeah. I, the first show I ever went to was Loco Bazooka there it in is. 2001 and Reveille played. So we really liked Insane 51 and Rage Against the Machine and like all that kind of stuff. So Insane 51? I'm not sorry, not Insane 51. Isn't that like the... Yeah, that's the artist. <laughs> uh, God, Insane 81? Insane... Shit, now I messed up the name. Insane anyway. Clown Posse? Yeah, well, I, that was around <laughs> that same time. Uh, but they, this band did a cover of... Uh, Oh my God, the name just went out of my head. Hits from the bar. Oh, Cypress Hill. Thank you. They did a cover of Cypress Hill. So we did a cover, Factory 81 is what Factory they were called. Factory 81, okay. We did a cover of Factory 81's cover of Cypress Hill's Hits from the bar. Hell yeah. And I had to swap the word cracker. Yeah. Cause you do. There's a, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's awesome. There's a <laughs> there's a uh, set your goals cover of oh man I can't think of the song I don't remember what it was it was for like one of those like punk pop goes, goes punk crunk things punk goes crunk I'll find it and, and post it but it was set your goals and they did it through <laughs> through Yoda's voice <gasps> yes I do know what you're talking about and they swapped out a certain word with the word Jedi. And I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't, was yeah. it like a little John song or something? Probably. It was something like that. Uh, we'll find it, we'll find Those it. Those albums were good. I mean, they were some silly. Of them were, yeah. yeah, no, I liked them just for being silly. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of them, like some of the songs were fucking awesome. And a lot of them I was like, nah, I don't like this band or this song to begin with. Set, shout out to Set Your Goals though. Hell yeah. 
Um, so so yeah. that got you into rap music? Rap, rocking, and then... Uh, you were sing- you were the singer? Kind of. Yeah, I would rap. You, you were a rapper? Yeah, tried real hard. <laughs> um, ended up getting kicked out of that band because I took it too serious. Okay. I, like, I really wanted us to practice and tour, and everybody was like, uh, I just want to play video games. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. yeah. And then I ended up managing their band later when they realized that they wanted to take it seriously. So I booked them on a tour. Anyway, that was like oh, college. Yeah. But somewhere like senior year of high school, I found another band, another group of dudes. Um, we started playing the Weekend Warrior stuff. That was Submit was the name of that band. Tripset was the first one. Tripset had a bunch of names. Okay. Tripset sounds like a band that I probably saw at Local Bazooka 2001. I wish I could tell like you that. It was like Nullset. Nullset. Same, yeah. Tripset, Nullset. Um, but yeah, so I started playing, that's where I found hardcore music. So okay. I got in like Poison the Well, Hate Breed, like somewhere between that like emotional and tough guy hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And then I got real hard into like terror and I don't know, throw down. Hell yeah. Got straight edge somewhere in there. Okay. There's a story about a fire that I might tell someday. Okay. But that's what led me to my straight edge days. Now I'm in college. Hell yeah. Have so I skipped anything? Yeah. Did you guys, you guys toured in that band? Not in Submit. So like we would okay. do the Weekend Warrior stuff where we would play shows um, around Connecticut mostly. Yeah. Maybe we'd dip into Massachusetts out a ton. New York ended up being where we had played a lot. Okay. Um, but that was with the, the band in college. So I get out of this, this band submit like freshman year of college because we're all over the place and nobody's really playing. And I wanted to focus on school. Um, end up getting harassed by these two dudes, uh, Chops and Bobby. They kept calling me and telling me to come down and try out for their band. And I'm like, dudes, I'm, I'm just not into anything at this point. Yeah. And then they had... They played a show down at this like weird factory building down in Waterbury where they didn't play with a singer. They called it hardcore open mic and they let anybody go up on stage and like just rip a song. Okay. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm down here. I'm hanging out with these dudes. They seem like cool dudes. I'll get up and I got up on stage and just like freestyled, I guess, through some nonsense. It sounded so good. Like really? it just sounded so good and exactly the kind of music that I wanted to be making. Yeah. So pretty much after that, we started practicing weekly. And with that band, I toured. We did up and down the East Coast. Um, How far up did you go? Up to Maine. How far down? Down to Florida. Oh shit, so you've done the entire East Coast. I mean, yeah, but not like heavy, heavy. Oh but yeah, like yeah. Spot here, spot here. Like we played a killer show in Georgia. Um, yeah, so it was right outside of Atlanta. I forget the name of the town, but it was this tiny little VFW. But for whatever reason, the kids there fucking loved what we were making. Huh. And uh, I don't know if So stop me if I've told the story on the show before, but this is one of my favorites from the band days. We would ask people to put us up for the night because we're poor and have no money. Yeah, yeah. So one of the dudes that, that booked that show in Georgia said, you guys can come stay with me and my dad. I'm like, that's rad. We follow him out, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to his spot. Um, as we're piling in, so there's five dudes in the band plus two dudes that were with us as like merchant backup. Yeah. Um, so seven guys file into this house and this kid has a roommate and his roommate is sitting in the living room and he had just finished watching The Notebook and he has tears streaming down his face and in walks the eight big fucking like, some of our dudes had tattoos. I've never seen somebody run to the back room so fast. Oh. I felt bad for him. Oh my God. Yeah, so it was awesome. Oh. Poor kid. 
And the same, that's where we figured out what, that's where we learned what fire ants were. And there was this giant fire ant mound. The next morning we were kicking it and watching all the fire ants freak out. Anyway. My God. Yeah. You get sorry, bored sorry on Peter. Yeah, shit. Sorry. Yeah. That's awesome. It was fun. Fuck it was yeah. a lot of fun. There's a bunch of stupid stories like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But okay, we can we can have a tour a tour oh, episode. We should have a tour episode just to swap tour stories. Great. Yeah, dude. We'll do that. All right. Oh yeah. So nice. what else you got? So that puts me to college. That puts you all right, it puts you to college and then after college. So where did you get into graphic design? In college. In college. So a high school year, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, I always kind of had this idea, like I liked graphic design, but I just didn't know what the hell it was. Like growing up, I would make my little brother jump over me. I had my little camera and he had skate uh, rollerblades on. And we tried to like make a- Sick video. No, like an extreme sports magazine. Okay. So I would like put the thing down and like try to do photo. I don't know. It was all by hand. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to. It just this looked fun. Yeah. Or we draw books of monsters. That's awesome. I think my mom has those. But yeah, so I took this uh, ASFAB test. I was commonly called the ASFLAB test, but it's a military test. Okay. Um, but it's also like a job placement test. So it asks you all these questions and then it says, you look like, you know, you're undiagnosed ADD and your you know, interest in all these colors and images suggests that you should probably be a graphic designer. So I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. Looked around, Central Connecticut State had a program. Oh, I had a couple friends going there. So I applied to one school. I got into the one school I applied to, thank Christ. And then I lucked into a fucking amazing design program ran by Susan Vale. Uh, shout out Jim. Hopefully you listen to this every... Um, but they taught not just like the, the fluff shit that I could say, not just like the images and how to work in Photoshop. They taught a lot about the business. And okay. I, my advisor noticed that I wanted to be entrepreneurial. So he told me to take entrepreneurship classes and I took a couple business classes. So like they really set me on my path. That's awesome. At some point in that time, like Vengeance was, we just finished recording a full length. We had signed up with the, like this tiny little label up in Maine and they were gonna release the album. They paid for the whole fucking thing. And we recorded with Mikey Yeah from 100 Demons. And uh, right as the record was gonna drop, I had this like existential crisis and I felt like I was doing too much and making all the wrong decisions and I quit the band. Oh. Which is one of those regrets, but like, it worked out in the end. Like yeah, yeah. that was just my path. So at that point I ended up working at a t-shirt shop. I was working at a t-shirt shop with one of the dudes owned by one of the dudes from Barrier Dead. So like we were printing shirts for Ozfest bands. I was calling up a case of strain and getting yelled at for trying to ask them for money. Like, That's awesome. It was, but it wasn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> I liked those dudes. And ever since then it's put this weird perspective on me. Like, Oh, you guys are kind of jerks. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they make good music, but yeah. You don't uh, hang out with yeah, basically. They don't want to hang out with me, is mostly. <laughs> but yeah, so I quit I quit everything and I just really focused on school and got out and followed a girl up here. That's awesome. Nice. Um so did you when you first like got into graphic design, the plan was to start your own company or was it to become part of another company but like you run the entire graphic design aspect of it? So I don't really know what I wanted to do when I first got into it. I didn't really know how it worked. Yeah. But I've always kind of, what do you call it? March to beat your own drum kind of thing. Nice. I have problems with authority and I, yeah. That happens. Yeah. So <laughs> I long wanted to just do my own thing. I wanted to figure out how to make it in my own way. Um, I thought it would take a lot less time than it has. 
So like coming out of school, I graduated my degree. At that point, I know I wanted to start a design company. I was already doing like t-shirts and MySpace pages for other bands. I made a bunch of money making MySpace pages. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun at the time. Um, Fucking ruined that website, but. uh, (laughs) So like I knew I wanted to do stuff like that, but there's not a ton of money unless you get, like you need an A-lister off the bat and then that A-lister pulls in other Mm A-listers. I was never getting to that point yeah. and I didn't have the skill, didn't have the drive, didn't have whatever to do it. So I got a, like I ended up getting a job up here working for some company in Cambridge that lasted two months because it sucked going back and forth on the train. And then I got- You would go from Connecticut to Boston? No, I'm sorry. I moved to Natick at that point. Oh, so I moved okay, in with this okay. girl that I was seeing all th- like through a good chunk of college. Um, we came up here and like broke up in a year. After living together. No, really, factually, it was, again, things that needed to happen. Well, yeah. I, so, I feel like that's also a lot of people I know who, like, either they're in a relationship through a college and then they get out of it and you, you know, take the next step with somebody and it's over so fast. Yeah. It, that's happened to more people that I know than, you know, it actually working out. I mean, so, like, in that time, we're Different just... people. Exactly. You yeah. do a lot of growing. And even still, I grew all through my 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still like, growing. We'll see. Now Facts. in my early 30s. So, it's like, I've probably done more growing in the last, like, two and a half years than I did in, you know, the last 12 before that. I feel that. So. Yeah. I, that's what I've been saying. Like, my 30s is the first sense that I've, like, had any kind of my shit together. I'm still yeah. growing. But, like... At least feel like I have some kind of resemblance of my shit together. Yeah, yeah. I've totally Trust me. <laughs> 30s are dope. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, so, yeah, I was working for that company in Cambridge. That didn't last long. I got headhunted for this civil engineering company, which happened to be right down the street. This company called Tetra Tech, um, which sounds like Inatech from fucking Office Space, and it basically was. <laughs> got it. Uh, in the interview, they asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, not here working for myself. And they still hired me. Joke's on That's me awesome. because it took me nine years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so two years ago, I quit that job and now I've been doing Hunchback. So in, in that whole time, like I've got a couple business partners and then I lost a business partner. And then I have Danny who's my business partner now who's like my, the right brain to my creative left side. So I don't work. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. He's the other side of my brain. Okay. Um, and now we're partnering real well and, you know, finding bigger clients and bigger projects and stuff. So without him, I feel like I've said it a lot of times that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with friends. So it's like I just needed some backup, basically. Yeah. And we're able now to build this thing to where it is. And it's not amazing yet, but it's well on its way. Yeah. So, that's awesome. It's fun. Oh, yeah. So you go from Connecticut to Natick to Worcester? To Worcester. So in Natick, uh, I was dating. I played the internet dating game and mail ordered my bride from Chechnya. <laughs> I found Sarah. So uh, we were playing that thing when we first started dating. She was living in Worcester. She was living, I don't know, near Burncoat area. Okay. Um, so like... Monday's at my house, Tuesday's at her house, Wednesday's at my, it was just such a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I think we dated for like two months, three months before we were like, let's just get a spot together. Oh wow. And at this point, my sister had just moved up and she was gonna try to like, she relocated from Connecticut up here and she really wanted to like try Massachusetts and see what this was like. So the three of us got a spot in Marlboro um, 
dope spot. It was like the second floor. The only time I ever had like a multifamily living situation where the woman on the first floor told us, you guys need to make more noise. I like knowing that there's people in the house. Like, really? She goes, yeah, stomp around, play the loud music. I want to know there's people in the house. Huh. Deal. Yeah. That's interesting. Shout out. Ad high. That's uh, sick. So, um, Shelby, my sister Shelby in that time, uh, had a boyfriend in Connecticut, so she'd go home every weekend. So she really wasn't fully committed. And then her job in the period ended up sucking, so she uh. went back home. And in that time, Sarah and I were like, well, what do we do? I think I had proposed to her at that point. Or if not, we were really planning on it. I think I proposed to her at that point. Um, so we needed to save some cash so we can buy a house because we bought a house and got married in the same year, which is a great idea. Did you really? Yeah, it's a terrible Holy idea. Don't do it. But shit. everybody does it. Oh. Uh, so oh. yeah, yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> oh, man. So we ended up moving in with my business partner, Dan, and his wife for like six, eight months, renting their spare bedroom, pay, uh, saving up cash. And then we were looking around. I really wanted to stay in the Metro West, um, but we just kept coming out farther this way and showing, seeing that we can get just a little more house for our money out this way. So after touring, I don't know, 15, 20 houses in the area, we found our house and like it has been the best decision of our lives. Yeah, that's so sick. We love our house. And like, so it took me truly two years to feel at all connected to the community. Like when I just came in, when we just bought the house, I got introduced to Mike D at a party, but like it even still took me 18 months to talk to Mike D yeah. with any sense of repetition. Yeah, also that's a very great person to be introduced to. Right, I fucking lucked it's- out. That kid. Shout out Allison, shout out Mike D. Fucking best dude ever. Yeah. So, two years in, like I start meeting people. By the third year, I'm now friends with some of the powwow people. We're in our fifth year now, so I'm on the powwow board. Like I was on the powwow committee last year. So it's like, I don't know. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I've never felt as connected to a city or a place as I do Worcester. Like yeah. Growing up, I wanted to get out of Watertown. I wanted to get out of Connecticut. Now I can't see myself leaving. Yeah, dude, I feel it. I mean, I grew up right outside of here, but yeah, it, yeah, it's fucking, it's kind of amazing, especially if you get into like, I mean, I'm sure there's a million different circles, circles that yeah. are amazing, but there's something that's really cool about like, this giant circle that we're kind of both a part of. Yeah. It's like, whoa, there's a lot of movers and shakers. And that was exactly what I would describe. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool fucking thing. Somehow we got lumped in with all the other people that like to get shit done around here. It's kind of sick. And it's a really nice place to be. It's sick. Yeah, I like it too. That's rad. So we moved to Worcester. By then, uh, Hunchback Graphics was already there. So we were official. Yeah, by that point, we had somehow, some point when I was in Natick, switched the focus from bands to business. Oh, yeah. Um, Smart. Yeah, what's the where the money is? <laughs> I did a bunch of work for jerky companies for a period. Like okay. There's one down in New Orleans. There's one still around here called Naked Cow Jerky. It's okay. like if you're if you're paleo and you're looking for just good, clean food, that's good jerky. Huh. Um, they, yeah, they specialize in a spicy jerky. It's fire jerky. It's fucking yeah. good. Sounds great. Also, sounds like you would make it so that I can't yeah. sleep at night. My stomach would hurt. But. Yeah, so I wouldn't suggest that one for you. The teriyaki is baller for you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but so, like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's been a weird path. Nice. Like, 
don't know, so there's this creator, Casey Neistat, who uh, passed on somebody else's knowledge that he was given, where if you think of your life as where you are is on the left side and where you're trying to go is on the right side, and there's just a series of jungles and vines in between, it may look like it's too daunting to figure out, but just grab a vine and start swinging. Yeah. It might feel like you're being take, taken away from where you're going, but eventually you're going to swing back and just keep grabbing the next vine in front of you. Over the past, say, 10, 15 years, it's now kind of made sense that I've been I've been building towards this hunchback graphics thing and even seltzer time and like all the other facets that I've been getting. These are skills I've been adapting over the years. I did college radio. That's why I don't say ums and us so much. I yeah. also did Toastmasters. So like- What's Toastmasters? Toastmasters is a business class that helps you speak. It actually, it's, it's actually really, really good. If you ever that's a, awesome. Yeah. If anybody okay. has a chance out there to take Toastmasters and they want to do better public speaking, that's a great program. Huh. It allows you to, so one of the things they taught me is that you, you can stop. You don't have to say um, uh, and just continue the conversation. I grew up in a family of five loudmouths, so you always have to just like, as soon as you take a breath, somebody's jumping in. So yeah. that was like this shitty habit I built up. Now I can actually take a breath and realize that people are listening and I don't have to, uh, um, uh. Okay. So anyway. That's interesting. All of that shit oh, yeah. that I thought I was doing for business is really helping me do a better podcast. Yeah. Nice. So it's kind of cool how that shit works. So you moved to Western, you meet Mike D. Met Mike D. Is that how you got involved with Cyclocopia? Yeah. So Mike D was down at the the shop, I think is what they were calling it at that point. This yeah. is pre-Technicopia. Um, but like we followed each other on Instagram. So every time Ninja Mike posted, I'd like it and vice versa. Um, and then uh, he saw, said something about an open hack and the makerspace. I'm like, this was shit, three years ago now, maybe longer where there was just like an open call, come down and check it out. And I'm like, all right, Sarah, we, you know, we're not doing enough here. Let's go, let's go see what these people are doing. Yeah. Um, so we came down and like, I came down for the tools, but I quickly stayed for the people. Yeah. And like found out that there's this awesome community of makers here in this space that are, that are doing cool things and like getting shit done. Yeah. Super empowering. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of their marketing. I've helped out here and there with some of their events. I've taught some classes here. Nice. Teaching is not my favorite thing. Yeah. I'm not the greatest at it, is really what it is. I don't have the patience. I can't even imagine teaching anything. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, or like teaching a class of people. Like teaching a person, whatever it is they think they can learn from me, like I probably would never have a problem with that, but teaching a, a group of people. Teaching not. a group of children. So if any of our listeners are teachers, I give you so much credit because I can never do that. Yeah, same. I've well, tried. Teacher friends. Friend. Yeah. Mm. Have fun. Sorry. Sorry for the way I was when you were the same age as me. <laughs> Sorry for the kid that's like me right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So we can, we've gotten involved in Technicopia now for two to three years. Both Sarah and I, are, my wife Sarah, yeah. have been really involved in uh, volunteering left and right. And that's how I got on the Worcester on the Moon design project is through Technicopia. And truthfully, Technicopia opened up doors all around the city. It's... I first met Jess Walsh in this building because she was a member. She was doing the Welcome to Worcester signs. She was cutting them out on the router in here. Ah. So that's like the first time I met her. That's cool. So like, yeah, these organizations and you got to give yourself away to the city. Give yourself to the community and it'll pay you back eventually. That's rad. I like that. It's worked for me anyway. Nice. So through Technicopia is how we met. Yeah. 
I think. Well, through Mike, Mike D. D is how we, yeah. Like most people, something goes through Mike D. Um, hey, hey, what's up, Mike <laughs> I do think it's funny that it took us, what, six months? Before, like, when he first said you guys would be friends. Yeah, I remember, because, like, he knew what I did at my previous job, and he's been pushing me. He's like, dude, just start your own thing. I'm like, yeah, I know, like, I will. And, of course, like, I fucking so slow at doing everything. And then he's like, no, you're going to talk to Travis. I was like, word. And then it just, like, didn't happen. I think right. he introduced us, and that was, like, kind of it. It was like, hey, man, you're, you're cool. Yeah, and that was, that was kind of like, that was it. I was like, oh, word. Like, this kid's cool. He's kind of doing the same thing, and I'm sure this makes sense. And, of course, in Mike D, Mike, Mike D's a fucking genius. Yeah. At the end of the day, Mike D is a genius. He saw the puzzle pieces fit long before we did. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, we... I remember throwing out I had like had this idea for a podcast so I remember like kind of just throwing out the idea like yo would anybody listen to this and then you shoot me a message be like hey like are you serious about this let's get a coffee and we got a coffee and recorded like four days later yeah we haven't stopped since yeah dude episode 33 kind of wild um I do also I was fanboying you like everybody else last year at the dive bar (laughs) well just like Dude, you were playing all the music that I listened to. Like, man, like, this kid and I could be friends. Oh, my God, we could be friends. Dude, it's the best way to, like, let people know it's a cool... I was actually listening to a podcast about dad bars, and a lot of the focus was on the music that's played. Yeah. Um, I was literally listening to it this morning. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. So, excuse me. Um, Yeah, that's always been, like, my way of connecting with people. And then, you know, once we started talking and realizing that, like, oh, cool... We both like a lot of the same bands. Yeah. This is dope. <laughs> we have similar missions in life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and here we are, making Seltzer Time a thing. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. For almost, I think we're at past six months. Yeah. Because there's 52 uh, yeah. weeks in a year and we're at 33. We started at, what, like November, December? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're definitely past six months. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. That's fucking nuts. It's kind of crazy. Um, Two live shows. Yeah, I know. The yeah, looking back on it, I'm like, how the fuck? Why did we already do two live shows? But also, like, why did we actually go to those? It's a good thing. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you guys so much. <sighs> what are your goals for Seltzer Time? What are my goals for Seltzer Time? Yeah. Oh. Like obviously, we have like yeah duo goals. We're like, we want Seltzer Time to do whatever is next. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. We've already done some shit that I honestly didn't even think we could do as like whatever this podcast was even supposed to be. Right. It's already become something so much bigger than that, which is fucking wild. Um, but yeah, what do you like over the next six months? What what are your like two biggest goals for Seltzer Town? Okay. Uh, I think goal number one would be to really branch out our audience. We have a, we have an audience that's kind of like our circle expanded and I, I would like to get into some circles of the city that we don't necessarily know anybody uh, just because to me I it would be awesome to hear that we provide a value and we provide whether it be a service to people that I don't know needed it basically I don't know what that is so that's something we gotta figure out um, and then Second goal is the marketer in me. I want to merchandise. Yeah. I want those koozies so badly in the next six months. Just because I think it, I, I would laugh my dick off watching somebody like out of the blue just pick out a can, put it in the Seltzer Time koozie. 
or like catching somebody randomly. Like I, I've designed some shirts for Worcester Wears. I've designed some stuff around the city. So whenever I see my designs out in the wild, like on somebody that I have no idea who the hell that is, it, it pleases me in a way unlike anything else. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I have to stop myself being like, thanks for wearing my shirt. Like some kind of <laughs> asshole. That's awesome. So. Those are good goals to have. Just out of curiosity, because now I, I didn't ask you. What, what, what about you? Do you have an answer for that? Oh, now I'm getting interviewed. No, uh, no I, no, I mean, okay. you made the question. I imagine you must have thought about it yourself. I mean, honestly, not as hard as you would think I thought about it while thinking of that question. Sure. Um, I think my goals for this podcast are like, I get, like you were saying, expand our, our listeners for sure. Um, it, I guess like, so, okay. So there's been so many people that I have never met in my life that I now like know because of this. And it always blows my mind when like they come to the dive bar or, you know, whatever, or they like shoot us a DM like, Hey, like I love the episode. And I'm like, how the fuck did you find out about this? It makes sense to me when like our friends or, or somebody like friends of friends of friends. Yeah. Hell yeah. That makes sense to me. But it's like when you get, you know, literally people I've never even, I've never met, I've never heard of, I've never seen in my life come to the dive bar and they're like, yo, love the podcast. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) That blows my mind. So I guess like saying I want to expand the the listeners to people who don't know, I think it's more of like, that's the end goal, but also I think I want to figure out how those people found out about us. Yeah. Cause it may, it still kind of makes no sense to me. It does. Like I'll never understand why anybody listens. Like even no matter what, like it's awesome and I appreciate it. And like, it's, I mean, we've had a, the best people on for guests, yeah. which is like, honestly, it's, we're really nowhere without them. Cause they all grow our followers and, and whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of fucking weird. So yeah, I guess my goals would for sure be to grow our listeners. Um, and then, yeah, I don't even know if I have a second one. That's Just continue having fun. Yeah, maybe like get the Wu Tang Clan to come on the podcast. I'm just kidding. The Wu Tang Clan would not come on. Dennis Leary. De- yeah, or like, I don't even like. Let's get a big get. I want. I want to talk to like. Look, I try to figure out sometimes when we listen to Pop It and they're like, Rosie, come on, Pop It. I'm like, okay, cool. They have like that person that they really fucking want. And I try to think about ours and mine changes every single day. Okay. As does like my favorite record and my favorite band. You know what I mean? Like everything, it, everything that I love is 100% is based on my mood at that moment. Sure. Outside of like my family, Naomi and the Bruins, every other aspect of my life kind of changes depending on my mood in terms of like what I really, really, really love. Bill Murray <laughs> would be the fucking greatest. That would be incredible. I honestly I don't even know what think that, that we would have to stop like. after that because he doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be cool to have on, you know, you name it, celebrity who's part of everything and like not like they would ever come on this, but like say they did. Bill Murray is the one person that I think might just be crazy enough to be like, yeah, I'm down. And would actually come on it. That's fair. But I also think that like, it would literally 
I mean, Jay-Z, Bruce Springsteen, wouldn't even be able to come anywhere near as close to being as cool as Buck as Bill Murray. I respect the hell so out of I think of my second goal is to somehow get Bill Murray. All right. I'm into it. Guest. I'm absolutely into it. You heard it here first. We're, we're going to commit to it. We're getting Bill Murray. Hashtag Bill Murray out. <laughs> Seltzer time. I almost said pop it. <laughs> you, <laughs> honestly, if Bill Murray went to pop it, that would also be the best day of my life. I'd just be like, they got to talk to him? Yeah. Good for you, ladies. What the fuck? Yeah, you guys are better than us anyway. That's yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. But yeah. But, All right, yeah. those are good goals. Two goals. So, hell yeah. Do you have any other questions for me? I do not. Um, do you have anything you would like to add? Other than uh, it's been awesome living in this city and it's been really awesome getting to know everybody here. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate everybody allowing me to do the thing that I really wanted to do in my life. Huh. And it's been a challenge and it's been hard and it's been incredible and it's been so it's like all the emotions I run the gamut every fucking week where I pull my hair out because I'm too stressed and then I you know fucking laugh myself to sleep because I can't believe I got to live this life yeah it's just it's fun that's awesome so thanks that's how it should be yeah that's a good way to look at it just enjoy your journey yeah like I got plenty of destinations I'm trying to get to but I can't let it let me forget that I gotta enjoy where I am yeah and what we're doing exactly I hope we look back on this time sometime later in life and be like, that was the heyday. When Ricky and I talked to fucking Joyner Lucas, like, that was the heyday. I don't know. We look back on it in a year with Bill. And we're like, Bill, dude, like a year we, ago. We, we like, called this shit. We were fucking joking around. Like, we've had on whatever. And, and he's just like, dude, you guys could have just called it earlier. This is my third episode. And I'm like, I know it's kind of weird. We've interviewed you three times over the course of this year. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> pre, pre thanks, Bill Murray. Yeah, Mr. Murray. Mr. Murray, we appreciate you. All right. Well, I think it's about that time. It's about that time. Take it away, Solon. When you hit him with those stones, ow! Gotta slap him with those pokes. Oh, yeah! Stokes and pokes. Thank you very much, Solon. You still sound wonderful. Yeah, it's still my favorite version of the song. All right, so uh, I actually figured out that I, I got two Stokes. Yeah. I'm going to pull the Ricky. We're straight flipped this episode. I'm going Do two it. Stokes. Uh, first Stoke is in the episode, episode, the issue of Worcester Magazine that came out this week. They called attention to my homies at Haunted Worcester, Jess and John. I didn't see that. And they were teaming up with um, my Rural Cemetery and the Death Cafe, Worcester Death Cafe, Kate, uh, Kat Kimball. And they are showing a bunch of movies in the cemetery. So at Rural Cemetery, they're going to show like Goonies. They're going to show Gremlins. That's so sick. Yeah. And they did a whole feature on Jess too, which was super cool. So it's awesome seeing them get some some press and some attention. That's tight. If you guys want to go see awesome uh, movies, go out there. I think their first one's on July 27th. And it's going to be Harold and Maude. Really? Yeah. So classic old movies. Uh, on the schedule is Goonies, August 10th, Ghostbusters, August 24th, Beetlejuice, September 7th, Young Frankenstein, September 21st, and Gremlins will cap the season on the 5th of October. All right. So. Those yeah. are all Saturdays? I, uh, I think. I think so. Yeah, that sounds all right. I know the first one's a Saturday. I think they're all Saturdays. Um, so it sounds super fun. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the weirdest place you'll ever see a movie, so. Yeah, for sure. 
And I then, love, real quick, I just love how Worcester is like embracing my chair just sank a little bit. Um, I love the aspect of putting, showing movies in weird places. Yeah, dude. It's become a thing again. Like the dive bar used to do movies every Tuesday. You do two movies out on the patio and blast it right on the wall. And it was sick. Oh, because like, back then the wall was... Well, there was like a, I think somebody brought a sheet or a sheet or whatever. Like there okay. was something. Okay. Um, but it was awesome. It was so fucking cool. Loved going to do it. Like I would just show up. You could show up at any time of night because it started after it was dark out. So you, sure. You know, you get there at nine or whatever and, or 930. And then even if you miss the first movie, you catch the second movie, have a couple beers, hang out. It was a fucking jet. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool that like I know Ralph shows movies on the wall and stuff all times. I think it's I think it's neat. Yeah. I think it's just us being weird and it's, staying weird to our roots. Exactly, it's super tight. And then my second stoke is something that we announced last night for Pow Wow Worcester on July twenty first. It's a Sunday afternoon. We are bringing back the spray paint night over at Ralph's, where you can. So you know if you've been to like the the paint nights where you have a sip and drink and you paint. Well, it's kind of like that except it's outside in plain air. Uh, it's spray paint, and this year it is taught by the extremely talented Eamon Gillen. Oh, yeah. So super pumped for that. Uh, not entirely sure what he's going to teach yet, but it is going to involve spray, and it is going to be outside. Tickets are 50 bucks, right? So it's a little pricey, but that 50 bucks covers all your materials, all your education, and you get to hang outside for two, uh, for two three hours. Hell yeah. Four hours, four to seven. That's awesome. So it's... it's Last year was taught by Ghost. Last year was taught by Ghostbeard. Yeah, super fun. I, if you have any interest in art and learning how to do spray art, don't miss this class. That's tight. Yeah, it's on the twenty first, July twenty first. Okay, so it's coming up, peeps. When this, especially when this episode drops. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like two weeks later. Week yeah, later? Two week and a half. Something. How like that. we get? What's today? Is it eleven? Yeah. So yeah, it's next Sunday. Yeah. All right. So get there, be there. Don't meet me there. Beat me there. Yeah. I stole that from Snoop Dogg. I like that. Uh-huh. Anything stolen from Snoop Dogg is a good thing to steal. Borrowed. What do you got? Good point. All right. Um, I actually do have a stoke and a poke because, oddly enough, I was prepared today. Very strange. Um, Stranger Things. Stranger. Oh, my God. I watched my first. I've never seen that show. What? I've never seen a single episode. I knew the kid had no teeth and he had curly hair. His brother played oh, drums. Oh, oh, oh. The yeah. only thing I knew about that show. Don't know a single thing about it. So which episode did you watch? Third season? Yeah, my roommates were watching it the other day. So I watched, I don't even know what episodes there were in the third season. It's all good. Can't spoil it. People are still watching. Oh, no, I won't. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I had no fucking clue what was going on. I was also like getting some shit done on my computer, like applying for jobs. Um, (laughs) Well, well, well. Well, So I would like look up and every single time I looked up something wildly different from the last where I looked up was going on. I didn't even know it was based in the 80s. Yeah. Until like halfway through the second episode we were watching, I'm like, why does kids all look mad weird? <laughs> like, I had no clue what was going on. And my roommate's like, oh, it's based like in like 80s, like mid 80s or whatever. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't watch anything. And I'm good by planning on watching Stranger Things. Really? I just, uh, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, it, it's super interesting writing. It's, it's. Yeah. If you know what's going on, I'm sure it's fucking incredible because I have never heard a bad thing about it. But. It's kitschy. It's campy. It's a little predictable, yeah. but then it isn't. So I like it. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I liked it a lot. It was fun. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with my poke. 
there's a lot of really, really, really amazing things going on in Worcester and there's new things every day and it's great. I think kind of harping back to where I said Root and Press is like kind of, you know, it's outside of downtown. It's bringing me to a different part of the city, which I really appreciate because I am really bad at going to like places that aren't in this general triangle of down here. Yeah. Um, there's not enough emphasis on the Greendale area of Worcester, which if you go to, there's not a lot over there yet. Like, I would be the first one to say that. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking about it the other day and like, I don't understand how there's nothing over there. With all that space. It's, yeah, like, it's a very neighborhoody area. Um, you know, the Greendale's pub is there, which is like the coolest fucking place. It's one of those bars that like I don't go to regularly, but when I do go, I'm like, man, like I get it. I you can walk to this bar from your house, especially if you live in the Burncoat area. It's just got this cool old divey. There's always music playing. I think Tuesday nights they do like a blues night or something. Okay. I heard it was amazing. Uh, my buddy Moose works there on Sundays. Go check out Moose. Say what's up. Um, but it's just like a cool. Oh, some kid just like wiped out the skateboard outside. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, but yeah, it's just like, like the Greenville area is cool. You've got the egg roll lady over there. Um, yeah, it's just a rad, rad area of the city. I know they're con- they're putting a winery or something inside Higgins Armory. Yeah, sale, sale something. Rails, yeah, rails that sale. dude was talking. I saw they started popping on my Instagram, so I started following him. And like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I don't know what that is supposed to be, but I'm excited for it. Hopefully, it brings people over to that part of the city. Yeah, kind of like check it out, you know. Um, go, yeah, go, go explore your city. Yeah, there's I, me too. Stuff. I got to do it too. I, I, I stay in this triangle as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm horrible at it. Like horrible. The Shrewsbury Street downtown. Uh, canal area. Yeah, like, canal yeah, district area. Everything. I mean, there's a lot of focus on those areas, which makes a lot of sense. Happens to be where I live. It, 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 well, same. So there's a lot, and there's like a lot going on. But there's cool ass shit going on in other parts of the city too. We're the second largest city in New England, so it just, it's got to be more than this one little area. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so my poke is... Uh, that's a good poke. Yeah. Go check out other parts of the city. Go there's find fun, some gems. Some fun stuff. Also, like, if you want to open a business, maybe open it there. And try it. Also, if you're listening to this and you're like, idiots, you know, should know about this. And we don't know about it. Tell us. We yeah. want to know. Exactly. I heard there was a new taco spot. What? I heard there was a taco spot in the city. Did Tom tell you? No. Oddly enough, he did not. Uh, Alec posted tacos. He said they were the best tacos he's had in the city. If you follow Alec on Instagram, he is very secretive. Not secretive, but he'll never come out and be like, he's the opposite of me. Yeah. I like geotag shit, I tag shit, hashtag shit. I'm like, you gotta go to this place. Here it is, here's all the information I have. Please go do it yesterday. Alec's like, this is dope. And then the comments are all like, where are you? What is this? Cause like, he has fucking, like he has, a, this palette is dialed in. Like he knows what's good. Shit, and he, hope, yeah. Like, he won't, he will not post about something if it's not really good. He's, that's just not how he rolls. Um, so he posted these tacos and then I have a friend who I'm about to talk about who went to this spot. It's like off of like the main South area. Okay. Or main, main street. It's off of main street somewhere. Um, who said like the outside of it looks like a shithole, 
you go in, it's super small, but it's like the best tacos he's had outside of Tallulah's province, which I heard was Whoa. the best tacos. So, he said they're fucking, this place All is All right, we gotta find this place. So, I need some tacos in my life. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Mas tacos, por favor. Always. Um, all right, so my stoke is Poor Boy Oyster Co. Ah, you've been jamming on Dude, these dudes. Hell yeah. So my buddy Tom, the one who told me about the taco spot, um, different Tom, not Tom Rowe. Shout out to Tom. I met him at the dive bar uh, a couple weeks ago. He Hell came yeah. up. He's like, hey, man, I'm Tom. I'm like, hi, I'm Travis. He's like, I'm the oyster guy. I'm like, oh, what up, dude? Nice <laughs> to meet you. He's a super good dude. Um, I'm sure at some point we'll have him on the podcast. Yeah. Very interesting. Has Shuck a great up. story. Like, he's killing it. Ever since he did his first pop-up, he has been at doing at least one every week since. Breweries, now bars, stuff, you know, all, he's all over the place. Um, but yeah, so he gets his oysters from Glidden Point up in Maine. Most people would say that they're the best oysters on the East Coast, because they are. Because they would be right. <laughs> they would be, yeah, they would be very right. Um, Tom has a relationship with those guys who worked for him a couple summers and then kind of decided like, there's a lot of people doing oysters and they're doing good and you know, people get good in point and, and, and it's cool, but nobody's doing it like Tom is. Sure. So he did it and it's fucking awesome. He so, was at the dive last night. I wasn't there, obviously. Shout out to Big Stove for covering me. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a Wednesday thing going forward. I hope it is. Okay. Because it'd be really cool to have something going on on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's go, dope. Go see him. He's always... Is he in Mama Roo's trailer? Or is he no. No, no. Completely, completely separate so, business. But... Um, he has his own van that you'll see driving around. Called, the van's name is Hank. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, I know he'll be at Greater Good in a couple weeks. He'll be at... Well, by the time this drops, he will already have done Honest Wait... He's doing that this Saturday. Um, he's done Timberyard a couple times. Like, it's, he's, I mean, I'll obviously like post his stuff too, for sure. Cause he's just a good dude. He has a really, really, really great product. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance and if you see him anywhere, go say hi, get some oysters. Tom, you heard him on Seltzer Time. Yeah. Tom. You heard about it from Seltzer Time. Or tell him Seltzer Time sent you. He'll know what you mean. Um, but yeah, just keep supporting rad people. And local food. Exactly. People doing the damn thing by themselves. Exactly. Kids hustling. I mean, he's the drive to fucking Maine. He a couple goes, times a week. oh, Christ. Yeah, man, you got, he, that's, he literally will not sell you non-fresh oysters. So he'll, like, I know he went up there yesterday, or Tuesday, I saw him Tuesday at, at uh, New Tradition. We hung out for like, I was there for fucking ever. It was awesome. But, um. He was leaving from New Tradition to go up to, to Maine, and then he was coming back to my, yesterday morning to work the dive last night. So you will That's not be nuts. getting a nuts, nuts, nuts. A gross product. It's all fucking delicious. So, I don't even like oysters, but I'll, I'll still support them. I'm not a huge oyster guy, but like they really are. They're that good. Yeah. And there was so many people. At, I hung out with them at Greater Good for like two hours last week. And a lot of people were coming out like, I don't even like oysters. My friend got these. Like, can we get another half dozen? And I was like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. It was awesome. Dude, it was cool. That's awesome. So that's it. That's all I got. This was a good one. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for being a great interview, sir. Thank you for being a great audience, listeners. Yeah. Thank you for being a great friend, Ricky. Hey, you as well. Uh, I'm enjoying this journey we're on. It's fun. Mm, but... We got to wrap this up because we got to go hang out with a good doctor and go rip a couple seltzers for the, the Woo Sox. It's true. I hope Pedro's there. 
Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, I just hope Joe's there. He will. He better be. Yeah, he better be. Better be. He's going to brought us in this nonsense. All right, people. Well, I have been Travis. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, Humpa- at Hunchback Travis. We didn't mess up the intro, but I messed up the outro. That's how it goes. Uh, I have been Ricky. You can find me at DickChuck77 or Seltzer Time Official. Slide into our DMs. Give us shout outs. Send us Seltzer Times. We want you for the intro. It's true. Let us know if there's anything you want us to do. We'll do. We're here to entertain. Yeah. Is there any internet challenges you want us to try or anything like that? I did the bottle cap one. Yeah. Sub John May. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I can't lift my leg that high. I bet you could. There was somebody who did it with a hockey puck this morning I saw on like the Spit and Chicklets Instagram. What? Yeah, they had like a, a bottle of A1. What the fuck was that? That's somebody's poor car. Yeah. They have a bottle of A1 steak sauce and like their buddy held the bottle, had a hockey helmet, like a cage helmet on and a hockey glove. And his buddy was in the ba- other side of the backyard. Have you seen those like fake ice sheets? Yeah, for, like, yeah, yeah. Shooting and stuff. So Plastic. he has one of those. Yeah. yeah. And he just like fucking launches a puck, comes across, boom, hits it, sends a cat flying. It was awesome. Impressive. It was sick. That's nuts. So yeah, I'll never be that cool. No, same. <laughs> same. But um, yeah. So Bill Murray, thanks again for listening. We can't wait to sit down with you a couple times over the next year. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. We could talk Ghostbusters. We could talk, I don't know, Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. Or if you want. Really anything. We could talk fucking awnings. We can talk. Socks. We talk socks. We can talk the fact that I've never been a big flip-flop guy, and I'm currently wearing flip-flops right now. I did notice that. Yeah. And I'm not. I... Dang. I uh, I was never a big flip flop guy, and I the last time I wore flip flops was to the Warp Tour a couple years ago when I was working for SJC. Because I was like, whatever, I'm not like I'm obviously not fucking pitted. Like you know what I mean? I'm not gonna be You're like bouncing around in the mud. Well, the worst part about it was walking from because you spend the whole day walking from stage to stage and meeting artists and doing all the shit and trying to walk up those like backstage ramp things is wildly uncomfortable flip flops so after like the third one I walked over to the Vans tent and bought a $25 pair of shoes and I was like fuck it don't care I wore those toss the flops uh, I kept them I eventually like donated them I think because I wore them like four times and I was like sure Um, and then the other day I was thinking about the fact that I don't do anything like that anymore I live a much more leisurely life so it's time to time to up the the shoe game we'll make it some flip flops I like the flops that flip because they let my toes breathe yeah and now that I've been in this freelance lifestyle, that and pants become very hard to wear. Like clothes, shoes, and pants become hard to wear. Yeah, I hate putting socks on. It's a whole fucking thing. So, yeah, I ordered some. I ordered a couple new pairs of sneakers from Vans, and then I was like, "Yo, oh, it's got these flip flops too." So I got Vans flip flops because, like, gotta stay on brand. Stylish. That's it. Yeah. Styling, profiling. I warmed in the show last night. I warmed to blink. A mental patient. You warm in the pit. I can fuck. You're I mean, I, we stayed. We were up close for Lil Wayne, and then when kids started moshing during Blink, we moved back. Cause like you didn't I'm, get your poor Piggly Wiggly wait, stepped on. No, fuck no. We stayed back. It was. We were safe. We were safe. Okay. It was good. I'm, I'm, I'm the pedicure. I know. I gotta get another one now that I'm flying. You know, toes out. Awesome. But thanks for listening. Bye guys, sorry for partying.
Seltzer Time podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and TV Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By the Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, at Seltzer Time Official, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.